gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Clearing. We're back with you here on the Ticket Water Cooler. Thanks for joining us in your lunch hour. Hopefully you're getting something good to eat. Maybe your lunch hour is uh, not for a while. My lunch break's actually not for a while because I'm here doing the show. Uh, and uh, we will look forward to Motor Food Truck. Uh, usually gives us some food here on Tuesday, so shout out to those guys. Uh, Rico, how is your day going? So far, so good. How about yourself, sir? Oh, not too bad. It was kind of nice to get back into the flow of things, have the captain go, and then, then tomorrow we're not going to. Yep. <laughs> Just qu- one quick little flow, and then yeah. uh, back to back to some baseball. Well, there are two uh, baseball games tonight. Um, Nick is on his way to Omaha, I believe, right now. He'll be broadcasting not from Warner Park, but from Tal Anderson Field at, on UNO's campus. And uh, we'll get a couple more baseball games in. Yeah, yeah, it's been great so far. Um, it is awesome just to have uh, you know high school baseball uh, on the airwaves in general. But at ninety three seven, the ticket, of course, um, it, it, it's very cool to highlight that. So I'm glad that we've done that first time we've done this as a station. Uh, and Nick is is knocking out of the park, as as they would say in baseball. So uh, we will continue to look at that. By the way, and we'll get into college football talk, Dylan Ryle, all that stuff. Um, Interesting stuff involving your Yankees, Aaron Judge in particular. Okay. Uh, he was looking gracious. at, uh, it looks like he was looking toward his dugout. This was, they were up 6 nothing, uh the other day. They ended up winning 7-4, to four, but he was looking at his dugout. All, this was not one pitch. This was the whole uh, at bat. Just a quick glance. Quick glance right before the pitch happened on three or four pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the pitches that the, the manager, Aaron Boone, didn't like, so we went and argued with it and got tossed. Uh, but in, in the end, he looked, took a glance, and then now you can see this on video, took a glance, uh, looked back. He, he is saying that it was due to chirping from the Yankees. He was trying to see who was, who was chirping. He was doing this on, uh, on uh, every time before the pitch was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't buy it. I think he was being given the... Uh, been given the the, the, the well, pitch count. If uh, if the pitcher is tipping his pitches, it's not illegal to to have somebody in the dugout or have somebody um, that's you know the first base coach or whatever kind of give you a sign if he's tipping his pitches. Now, if there was somebody out in center field or if somebody's in the stands and they're doing something like that, um, then that's illegal. But um, they're using pitch com, so there's no signals from the catcher. Going to the to going to the pitcher for you to steal. There's no signals to mm. steal that way. Um, so really, the only the only way it would be would be um, if the pitcher is tipping his pitches and you have somebody that's telling you like, hey, you know, he, he puts his foot out this way if he's going to throw a slider, or his arms are this way if he's going to throw a fastball or something weird like that. Um, and there were multiple people, multiple pundits um, on Twitter and a couple of YouTube videos because I was like, I was like, okay, let's let's see if somebody's actually cheating here. And there were people who were breaking down um, the pitcher's stance when he throws a slider. And there was also the fact that he threw Aaron Judge seven sliders in a row. And the one that he hit the home run on was directly down the middle. It was he missed <laughs> he missed his spot, and it was directly down the middle. And Aaron Judge capitalized on it. So um, I, I don't think it was cheating. Especially I don't think any team, especially this this 
not as far removed from the Astros getting busted for their cheating scandal, I don't think any team is really going to risk cheating, uh, especially that easily. Like, you know there's cameras everywhere. That's way too easy to catch um, if you're Aaron Judge in the Yankees. Yeah, but he did it. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, he was uh, looking. Tippy, he's tipping his pitches. Yeah. The, it, it, That's not that cheating. Been. That's not cheating. That's uh, gamesmanship. <laughs> now, if okay. there's a buzzer, if they're, like I said, if there's somebody in center field or, or in the crowd or something um, with binoculars and a walkie-talkie, I was talking with Mark about this, if there's somebody with a walkie-talkie and binoculars giving him the pitches and like, okay, this is going to be the next pitch, you know, if there's somebody banging trash yeah. cans again, then, <laughs> then or there's a camera somewhere, then yeah, that's, that's cheating and that's something that you, you can't do. But again... If he's tipping his pitches and that's what they're they're going off of, and somebody in the dugout's like, okay, his his foot's a little farther back here, he's throwing another slider. Well, it's not cheating. D- mm. Don't tip your pitches. Yeah, it could be the the difference between tipping pitches and sign stealing. Uh, maybe there's no signs. Be- they're yeah. using pitchcom. There are no <laughs> signs aren't being used anymore. Yeah, the the catcher or somebody in the dugout has you know the pitchcon and it sends a message to the pitcher and he's just like, okay, this is a pitch I'm gonna throw. What does he have a mic in his ear? I don't know what it is. Somebody said it's something about vibrations or something. Oh my goodness, it's Morse code. It's something like that. Because <laughs> some people wear it in like their hat. Some people have it on like their sleeve or something. I hmm. I don't actually know what it is. I just know that it's being used. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I you know I, I again I don't know about the legality of it. I'm not really you know for me. I've, you know, if you're if you're a baseball purist, you might get kind of upset about that sort of thing. But for me, it's like, well, you find innovative ways to win. If you don't cheat, you're not trying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna look up with a new pitchcom device. Yeah, that's interesting. I did. Is that so? That's is that Major League Baseball wide? Basically, everybody yeah. using it. Um, so pitchcom is a device that is a player wearable transmitter that allows players on the field to communicate plays to each other without using physical signs or verbal communication. Uh, through the use of pitchcom, catchers are now able to press a button on the device, which relays an audio signal to the pitcher's hat. On the pitcher's end, they hear something like high fastball or low curveball. So they'll hear it. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. That's what it is. So there's no signs anymore. It's pitchcom. But again, that's, you can't steal pitchcom. That's even more of an argument about the baseball purist. Is that too much technology? Like what tech? Like at what what level of technology do we allow, and what level is is too much on on your baseball purist? Apparently, this isn't too bad. Apparently not. I haven't heard well, many and, people complain about it. Well, they've added the DH. I mean, they've been changing some things yeah. in baseball. The Ghost Runner in yeah. extras. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've been changing quite a bit in baseball. They're trying the to last get couple it. Of years. Well, they're trying to get they look. They don't care about your baseball purist anymore. They're that trying to get a new. So. They're trying to get a new audience. That's right. They're trying to get a younger audience, so they're trying to make things more fun. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. So everybody's like, "I don't like bat flips. And I don't like celebrations." I'm sorry, you might be in the minority now. <laughs> yeah, they're trying. They're trying to get the the younger audience into baseball so that the sport doesn't die. That's correct. Uh, and and hopefully and hopefully that works. And, and but it's it is and to me it makes it, the game a little bit more interesting. It needs to be a little bit sped up. Um, and you know they're doing what they can uh, in in that area. All right, let's get to the the football news. Of course, we were able to talk a little bit about it yesterday. But Dylan Riola going to committing to Georgia. Um, kind of all the talk uh, around Nebraska football the last couple of days. Um, and I guess just the one kind of final thought I had about that is it, I'm still intrigued that Georgia has two quarterbacks in their class. Um, and of course, Nebraska went with the opposite approach, which was everything, put everything toward um, um, Dylan <laughs> Riola. Now, when we talk about, you know, and, and, and now that it's hindsight, maybe it's easier to answer this question. But 
a lot of people and 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 are are coming coming to the behalf of of Matt Rule and this strategy um, because it's really your only shot at getting the number one quarterback. You're not going to have you don't unless there's a tie to the program like there is with Riola, Nebraska where they're at right now. They're just not going to get that level of access. Mm-hmm. So I understand going all in on him, but does the fact that even Georgia didn't and they end up getting him um, bother you at all, or does, does it make you rethink of Matt Rule's approach? No, I think that winning sells and winning is the easiest way to convince someone to join your program. I don't, you know, and we talk about the relationships and the ties and everything. And yeah, that's all well and good. And relationships are very important um, in the recruiting business. But in the end, if you win and if you can prove that you, you are able to win at a high enough level with with that person or with less talent and and then you can convince that person that adding them will take them take you to the next level um that's the easiest way to sell yourself i mean back-to-back national championships is a very easy sell for anybody you can say we have all of this talent adding you only makes us better um we could win three national championships in a row nobody's ever done that before um, we could do this. We could do that. We'll prepare you. You know, you, you see how many people from Georgia were drafted in this year's draft. You know, it's something that, you know, we can prepare you for this. Look what we did with a walk-on quarterback. How do you, how well do you think we'll do with you, who's the best quarterback in your class? Um, with USC, it's it's Lincoln Riley. Easy sell is I just coached a Heisman winner. I coached two Heisman winners at Oklahoma. I coached a guy who was, who was um, yeah, he transferred him from Alabama, but I coached him up his final year, got him to be a first-round draft pick, and then he was in the Super Bowl uh, this last season. Um, it, it, it's a lot easier to sell winning or getting somebody to the next level when that's their end goal than it is to sell you can be the savior of this program because – as I said before, some people don't want that. Some people don't want all of the pressure of being, you know, that that guy that needs to bring the program back from the the brink of of mediocrity or or less than. Yeah, I'd love to be back to mediocrity at um, this point. And, and and again, I'm not saying that that's him. I'm not saying that that's Dylan. But for some people, they just want to be. They just want to play football. They just want to play basketball. They just want to go somewhere, play the sport that they love learn some things in school and classes and then move on with their lives. They don't want to have to go and be that dude right away. Like if Dylan Riola came here and I'm not saying that, that this is what happens with, with uh, high level players in Nebraska, because you know, some people are, you know, people are used to having high level players, or at least they were used to having high level players in Nebraska. And they're not going to, you know, swarm them whenever they go out. But with a guy that the caliber of Dylan Riola, if he tried to go to, to a, a Walmart or a Target just during mm-hmm. the week, he might be swarmed with people asking for an autograph or talking to him or asking him about the football program or, or this or that just because, you know, oh, you're the, the new hotshot on campus. You're the five-star. You're the best quarterback in the class. You're the best player in the class. Uh, you're going to be the starting quarterback as a freshman. You're going to lead us back to glory. We're going to get back to winning with you, blah, 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 all of this stuff. And at Georgia, you know, if he goes out with Brock Bowers, nobody's going to care about Dylan Riola. They're going to swarm Brock Bowers. He'll be able to go off and do whatever he wants to do. And, I mean, at Georgia, there's a ton of players like that 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 if he went out with them, nobody's going to care. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's the freshman. Cool. Let's see what he does when he when he actually gets to play. If he went to USC, nobody cares about the – it's kind of a shot. Nobody cares about the football program at USC. You're in L.A. There's movie stars. There's music stars. There are people that are way more popular than you are. If he would have gone there, he'd be able to go out and do whatever he wants, and nobody would even bat an eye. So – 
and again, I'm not saying that's how it is here at Nebraska where everybody's going to swarm him if he goes out, but some it's people official. don't yes. Some people don't want to be the hero. They just want to play ball. Yeah. And I, and I don't again, I don't know how much of that recruiting pitch had had to do with it or or if that intrigued him or 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 made him want to go away. Like you said, I mean, I don't know there's just so many more reasons at this point other than legacy uh, that Nebraska has that, that Georgia or USC have over Nebraska um, that it's hard to really pinpoint. Well, this this specific thing would be the reason it's like there's, you know, there's like all these different things that lean Georgia. And then there's the fact that your uncle coaches at Nebraska and your dad played there. And, and that was enough for Nebraska to be in the race. Um, but it is it is interesting, this whole thing. And, and I know Nebraska fans have probably, you know, looked at it closer than a lot of people across the nation. But this this whole Dylan Riley pursuit has been interesting, if you remember, because USC, I think it was uh, Lincoln Riley said something about a player being afraid of competition. And then people said, oh, they're talking about Dylan Riola. Mm -hmm. Dylan Riola ends up committing to Georgia, who already has a quarterback in the class, clearly not afraid of competition. They have three five stars and two four stars in that quarterback room. Yeah, I don't think he's scared of competition. Room. No, uh, and 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 certainly, like I said before, um, that's a school that it, it doesn't take. It's not hard to find an example of maybe down the line, he, if he doesn't win the job right away, maybe he'll transfer. Justin Fields did the same thing. They played him sparingly because um, they knew he was the hot shot quarterback. They kind of wanted to keep him a little bit happy. Um, didn't work. He, he wanted the full time job, and, and mm-hmm. Jake Fromm was there. He already kind of led Georgia to that national championship, um, and so they decided to to go with him and Justin Fields of course went off to Ohio State and had a great career there so Should've I mean you with Justin Fields we'll say that again should have gone with Justin Fields <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean no yeah. Bach they should have gone with Justin Fields but I mean that's that's really hard to do with Jake Fromm just took you to national no, championship I, I get it so I mean yeah I mean hindsight will tell you that maybe even you know if, if the quarterback race I'd be interested to see kind of where they were at that point in time um, but Jake Fromm's a solid college quarterback. I know I know Fields is definitely a better pro, but mm-hmm. um, Fromm is a better college or a good college quarterback, and um, certainly hasn't done himself any favors when to get in the league. <laughs> he said some weird stuff, uh, and I don't know what's happened to him since then. I but, think he's uh, still in the league. Is I he still tell. in Buffalo? I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you either. But uh, in any case, that's just a you know that's college football today, and, and a lot of I, I think that was the I can't remember which year that was. But it was Jalen Hurts. I mean, there was just a big bunch of group of guys, and now it's the same thing with Caleb Williams where a lot of these these top quarterbacks are transfers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of funny when I hear, like, Rashawn uh, doesn't want to go to, you know, to, too much into the transfer portal. I just kind of think – you got to these days. I, th- I think that's that's what college football is. I mean, the traditional guys who want to be here, you know, build them up over four years. It's great if you can get them, but like, how many of those guys have even been at Nebraska quarterback position wise the last ten years? I think you can that that finished at Nebraska. I think Tommy mm-hmm. Armstrong. You count one. Adrian Martinez left yeah. by the end. I don't know of another quarterback, a starting level quarterback, and, and usually the backups don't stick around because they want to go get playing time somewhere else. That has stayed at Nebraska from freshman to senior year. Taylor Martinez. Yeah, I said in the last ten years, Taylor Martinez uh, yeah. would be yeah barely. I guess two thousand thirteen. That ba- that's in there. Yeah. yeah, that's in there. Yeah, Taylor. All right, last nine years, so I can get just okay, one. There we go. <laughs> well, even then, you have two in ten years, right? And you could say, oh, there were four year starters. You know, so that's eight years taken out of there. But even then, yeah, it, I don't know. It's it's not great. It's not it's not a good. Uh, it's just hard it's not to a do good look. Days. And I, if you look at you know 
the best players on Nebraska's roster, you know, if we're just going to stay on the offensive side of things, the best players from Nebraska's roster the last two years have been transfers. Yeah. Trey Palmer, Samari Toure. Yeah. And all all three guys invited to the NFL Combine last year were transfers. Mm-hmm. I mean, transfers is just it's just huge part of today's game. And again, it's not necessarily hey, well, this one guy worked out. It's you know now it's just Caleb Williams and like Jalen Hurts, like we were saying, and Justin Fields. I mean, you can just name names after names that it's worth taking a look in the portal. Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, Bo Nix. I was a big Bo Nix guy at Auburn, um, and. For some reason, they just kind of chased him out of town there, and Auburn hasn't been any better since he left. No, they have not. So. Now they they had one of their quarterbacks transfer to Texas State. T.J. Finley did he transfer? I, I know it's T.J. I don't yeah, know the last name. It I could be T.J. So. Finley. Yeah, he went to Texas State, mm-hmm. along with uh, what's the one that Nebraska was looking at? The from, quarterback. I don't. Was he also from? Was he from Arkansas? Uh, I'm trying to think of who you're thinking of. It was. The, oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, I remember you. Yeah, he went to Texas State. Did he really? Yeah. Is that KJ? Mm, I don't nah, think so. I don't remember. I have to look up his name. All right, we'll look up his name in the break. I know who you're talking about. He was like a kind of a backup half, yeah, half it was, quarterback. It was the weird situation where they're like, he's going to be an athlete, and then maybe next year after after Sims leaves, he'll be the quarterback. And we don't because he had like three years left to play or something. Yeah. And uh, people were like, he was because he tra- he was a wide receiver at Arkansas for a bit. He was a quarterback wide receiver. They kept moving him around. And uh, yeah. Just a lot of lot of weirdness going on there. And he ended up at Texas State. Yeah, he is also at Texas hmm. State. So we'll see where they go. <laughs> hey, I got some pretty good quarterbacks down there. It's always interesting to follow those and where they go. I know because I was like, especially like Richard Torres when he went to Carnet Word. I kind of thought, okay, well then he's he's planning for playing time. But they they got a, a better recruit out of the portal too. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's going to be tough for. There's so many portal quarterbacks. Is <laughs> the point? So <laughs> you know, it's going to be tough to land somewhere where they, maybe they only take one. But we'll kind of see. All right, let's take a break. We got more college football notes uh, and a little bit of NFL talk here coming up next year on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 